0: You're listening to The Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 72. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of The Maniverse Podcast. This is the first episode of the relaunch of the podcast since it's been uh, quite a hiatus, about eight months, nearly nine months almost, since the last episode was recorded. Not counting the one that I just did before this one, so that doesn't count. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get back into the swing of things. It's been a hectic eight months, and today we're going to deal with something that's probably afflicted you personally at some point in your life. I know it's definitely impacted me, and uh, I've had conversations with friends who have had the same issues in their life. And I wanted to uh, do a little back-and-forth discussion with you... You know, as back and forth as a one-way conversation can be, uh, you know, to have a little little uh, breakdown. We're gonna go into the gamer's paradox and how to deal with burnout. Okay, so I, to get started, I'm gonna talk a little bit about my history with games. So when I was younger, when I was in uh, around 1996, 97, somewhere in that range, so uh, I was probably eight or nine, eight, nine or ten. I can't, you know, going back into the the uh, the mists of history right now to to figure this out it's been a long time that was the first time back in that era that i was introduced to magic the gathering so uh, originally my best friend at the time he found this game and he introduced it to me and i convinced my father to pick up a fifth edition tournament pack and that is my that was how i got introduced to magic that's how i got into the game and it you know from there, I stuck with it for the next 20-some-odd years. So, the very beginning, the, but the uh, the first time that I saw the cards and I, I felt the uh, the texture, and like, I, I don't know if uh, you're the same as me, but I vividly remember the smell of a fresh pack of Magic cards. I'm pretty sure a lot of Magic players have this same kind of tactile experience that the smell is you know sense memory is is big right so the smell of a fresh pack of magic cards brings me right back to the first time that I opened my first pack of cards and I remember getting in hindsight virtually nothing of value but I remember Chub Toad and you know Fog and uh, all kinds of other silly cards that that weren't uh, particularly good at the time but I had no idea how to measure the context of value in that sense back when I was that young and And, uh, yeah, like most Magic players who were just getting started and had no one to show us the ropes, uh, me and my friend, we basically made up our rules. We read the rule book and we understood it enough to not get it right. So we made up our rules and we played the game our way until, you know, we encountered other people who had played the game and we figured out, oh, this is the way you're supposed to do it. But that was my introduction to the world of gaming beyond uh, games like Monopoly and sorry and like those i don't want to say boring but those simple child children games uh, the classics right and seeing magic and getting into it and understanding it and looking at inquest magazine back in, back when that was still in circulation it was mind expanding as to what games could be and this it set me on a course to when i was uh, still in that age bracket when i was in high school and you know pretty much all through high school and the grades leading up to that point, I started designing my own games. And this was part of uh, a reaction to, just kind of like a random idea that my cousin had, because he liked to play, uh, he got me into Warhammer way, way back in the day. And he liked, he just had an idea, why don't we just design our own game? Why don't we make our own game up? You know, like, he can make up the rules, so why not make up your own game? And I thought, eh, that sounds like a great idea. These games came out of somewhere. You know, like some Somebody had the idea for these games at some point, so why can't we make ours? So I spent years. This was a hobby of mine for a long, long time. I I enjoyed making RPG-style games. I've made a made a, a card game that I played for probably four years over the course of high school. It was uh, well, it's still in my in my magic collection in a box somewhere. The uh, prototype version of this game that I played. I don't want to brag or boast about it, but. My friends enjoyed it. They liked the game, they thought it was a lot of fun. We, had, we played it virtually every single lunch period in high school for probably a good two years. It was a pretty good time. So games have been a part of my life for a long, long time. What's interesting though, and this is the paradox part of the thing that I want to talk about and how this leads into burnout, is that gaming can become a job. And professional gamers, grinders, have certainly experienced this. This doesn't just afflict Magic players, this is gaming in general especially if you turn it into a business. So I dabbled a little bit in professional gaming in the sense of I had a team that uh, we played in the MLG for Gears of War. And this was, again, that was probably about a decade ago. But it was a, not a full-time job, but it was certainly a good part-time job. Four hours a day practicing to try and be skilled enough to be able to compete professionally. Grinders will be able to, attest to how much time it takes to be good at your craft right so if you want to be good at gaming if you want to be a good magic player magic's the wheelhouse that i'm most comfortable with so if you want to be a good magic player you have to invest a lot of time and a lot of money sometimes and a lot of energy into becoming better into practicing and into uh, honing your skills and it gets to the point where you will no longer enjoy the game for itself it's no longer fun Right? When you first start playing, it's exciting, it's interesting, you're having a good time with your friends and people that you're meeting, but when it becomes, okay, now I'm just need, I just need to grind out 100 games of the same deck against the same matchup just to get an understanding of how the, uh, how the game plan is supposed to play out just a little bit better so I can get that tiny edge over my opponent, which you do need to do if you want to compete on a professional level because you're talking about in- incremental gains over each other in terms of percentage points of winning. You have to do that to to compete but it it takes the fun and the excitement out of the game it's the same thing with the game business it's the same thing when you turn it into a like a legitimate job it's not just oh i i want to compete professionally (laughs) i guess in a sense by creating a game store you are competing professionally by those definitions so burnout is a real thing when it comes to the game business like not only do you experience uh, you know, burnout that an entrepreneur experiences, which is very common because the amount of energy and time and and money that you put into this thing, this business, to grow it, don't mind the uh, sirens in the background, It's extraordinary compared to most people, right? And you, if you're not an entrepreneur, you're probably, you won't understand how much it can take out of you and how difficult it is to, to maintain the focus but when you first start your game store when you first build your business you open your doors it's a very exciting time you know you're everything's new you're meeting some new friends you're meeting new people it's it's the exact same thing as when you're getting into a new game in a lot of ways business is a game it's a game it's a very complicated game it's challenging it has dire consequences but it shares a lot of the same rule sets and skills that uh, prove to be valuable there's lots of things overlap in terms of playing a game versus running a business. But when you turn it into your full-time job, and believe me your game business will be your full-time job, if you're not doing it as a full-time job immediately, right off the bat, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. How can you expect good results out of something unless you put a lot of effort into it? And that requires your time, your attention. So if you're putting A full-time effort into your business and chances are a full-time effort for your business probably looks like you know 10 to 12 hours a day in your store in your shop servicing customers answering questions cleaning the bathroom sweeping or vacuuming or tidying up and merchandising and all that fun stuff all that good retail stuff along with all the the nice things of like meeting new people and all that but there's a lot of what uh, most people would consider drudgery tedious, repetitive work that you do need to do, and it's all up to you. So that first couple of years, pot- potentially, is probably all down to you as the gamester owner, the the entrepreneur who's putting it all on the line to make sh- make sure your business is a success. And that can burn you out really quickly. Like, burnout is tough. I don't know if you've ever felt this personally, but this is part of the paradox, right? You enjoy games a lot, you play them all the time, and then they become unfun. They they're they not enjoyable anymore, and you kind of back away. You just pull back from this thing that used to give you joy no longer makes you happy. So the question is, how can you maintain a balance? Right? How do you deal with burnout? Now, I know uh, I have a friend who you may know as a listener of the podcast, who I don't know if he actively listens to the podcast, but I hope he does. I know right now he's having a, a tough time. He's dealing with some, some burnout feelings. He feels overwhelmed and stressed, and it's a, it's a problem. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to, to create this, to talk to you guys right now, to talk to you, because I want to, if you're feeling that, I wanna help. I wanna show you some potential ways that you can think about that uh, may get you out of that slump, because that's really what burnout is. It's, it's a period of where you're just, you're down and it's tough, And I just wanna help you through it. So the job and the grind can lead to burnout, but burnout really occurs when your life is out of line with your values, okay? It's hard to articulate your values most of the time. You don't really know what you want because you haven't really gone, like most people, I don't know if this is you and you, you know exactly what you want. Uh, Take this for what it is, in that it's advice to people who don't know what they want. Most people don't understand what they value. They haven't really articulated it, they haven't taken the time to think about it and really understand what it is they want out of life. When you start a game business, what did you want out of why did you do it, right? What got you into the business in the first place? If it was just a love of games, that's a reasonable starting place, but that's not enough, right? Because the love of games, like we said with the paradox, starts to fade once it becomes a job. So if you start a business because you love games, as much as you love them, it's not going to be able to sustain you. You're going to burn out because you're not going to feel you're not going to feel like your path is lined up with the thing that got you onto that path. You feel like you made a wrong move. You may not be able to. uh, You may not consciously think, "Oh, I I made a mistake." Maybe not right away. But, day by day, it'll start to add up and take its toll on you. and You'll realize that I'm not happy. I maybe don't know why I'm not happy. Maybe it's like a lot of little things that are adding up to my unhappiness, but it's because you're going in a path that's different from the things that you value, the thing that you wanted in the first place. So, if you want to figure out what to do, you need to figure out what you value. There are five elements of well-being, according to a psychologist named uh, Martin Seligman. Seligman. Seligman? Seligman, whatever. But there are five elements. One is positive emotions, okay? So in order to feel good, you need to feel good, in a sense. You need to, for you to be personally fulfilled, you need to have generally a positive outlook on life. You need to feel like, I'm okay with this, I like these things, I like the way things are going. You need to have positive emotions, you need engagement. You need to feel like, and part of this is, is geared towards uh, somebody in a job, in a traditional job, it's a little bit different, but engagement, you have to feel like you are actually connecting with people. We're social animals, right? Like the reason games are good and fun for us is because we play them with other people games that you just play on your own are okay but they're not nearly as exciting or interesting as games that you play either face to face or you know through a screen with somebody else so you need engagement you need to feel like you are connecting with other people if you as the entrepreneur as the owner of the business as the owner of the game store if you don't feel like you're connecting if you are hiding in the back office if you are or maybe you're not hiding but if you just feel like you're not uh having a human conversation Where you are heard, you're hearing the other person. You lack the sense of engagement that you need to have a positive sense of well-being. You also need positive relationships. It's a very similar, uh, similar trait, similar element as the engagement part. You need to have people who build you up. So, again, being an entrepreneur is a very difficult path to walk. It's a very lonely path because most of your friends, chances are, have no idea what you're doing, they don't understand why you decided to do it, and they think you're probably crazy for making the, putting the effort in that you've done, right? Otherwise, more people would be entrepreneurs. More people are satisfied and happy being in a job. The traditional, I'm going to go get a job, I'm going to just do my work, and I'm going to go home, turn off, and get to do whatever I want. That doesn't exist for the entrepreneur. So if you do not have friends who understand your position, Understand what it's like and the motivation as to why you started your own business and why you wanted to go the path of the entrepreneur. If you're not surrounded by people who build you up positively, because it's really easy to surround yourself with negative people, generally speaking, most people are negative. The vast majority of the population has a negative outlook on the vast majority of things. And if you're like, imagine yourself sitting in a circle of people around a table you're at a restaurant, you're at your house, or at your kitchen table, whatever it happens to be. Your circle of friends, your closest friends. What do they talk about? What do you normally talk about? Do you talk about people? Do you talk about things? Or do you talk about ideas? And then, what is the, the flavor of the conversation? Is it generally complaining? Is it people, you know bitching about their lot in life and how difficult things are and how they their their boss is a prick and you know like all these kinds of things. Is it just complaints? Is it just negativity? Or are we talk? are those people uh, are they asking you questions? How's it going? What can I do to help? I really liked what you were working on. I saw what you did there. You know like do you get praise? Do you praise them? Do you is it because you know, conversation is reciprocal. If you want a positive relationship, you need to put it in what you're getting to get something out of it. The problem is to really break it down. There are two kinds of people givers and takers, you have to find givers and you have to make close relationships with people who are willing to give back. Because takers are people who just soak up your attention and your time and your energy, and they don't give anything back. And those people, like, it can sound kind of harsh that you need to prune your peer group and, you know, dump toxic friends. But if you want to protect your well-being and your sanity and your motivation and your life and you want to live a happy life, a satisfied life, then you need to have, you need to actively uh, work on your peer group and who you spend time with. So take stock of your friends. This is hard. This is probably one of the hardest recommendations is... Who are your friends and are they building you up or are they breaking you down? Seriously, like write it down, think about it for a little while. Assess your friendships and whether or not when they come over, when you talk to some to certain people, do you feel better after your conversation or do you feel worse? Does your your outlook on life is it generally good? You feel like you've accomplished something or that there's something exciting coming down the road? You know, you feel generally positive about the future? Or after your conversation, do you feel like this person, do you feel like you just, you you don't feel good? You feel kind of gross. You feel like uh, concerned or worried or, you know, are they adding more burdens to your life or are they just taking up your time and complaining about their lives? Certain people you have to distance yourself from in order to protect yourself. I think I've probably mentioned this a couple of times in the podcast before, but you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. That may be a bit of a simplification, but it definitely impacts you. Whoever the people you spend the most time with have a direct effect on you, on your outlook and how you, how in your mindset and how you approach life. So if you have people that are, you know, maybe ahead of you in terms of uh, as a, a business owner, you want to spend time with people who know more than you, who've been where you've been and have experienced what you haven't experienced yet, and then you can learn from them. You can understand, you can learn from their mistakes first before you make them yourself. Always a good thing. But they can help you, and then you can potentially help them back. So you want to be, you want to work on your friends. Work on your friends. If they, if they're the kinds of friends who are just draining and you don't feel better after you have an interaction with them, maybe they are the kinds of friends that you should reassess your friendship with. The fourth element is meaning, and this one's uh, probably the most important, I would say, of the five, because I think happiness is one thing, happiness is good, but if you want satisfying, if you want a satisfying life, if you want to be content and pleased, then you need meaning in your life, and what meaning to feel meaning to get meaning in your life you need to have responsibility i think those two things are inextricably linked so imagine yourself uh you're at your store and you know something you've got a whirlwind of things to complain about uh you know your employees have quit and left you in the lurch your store is a mess uh, somebody didn't show up for work that day uh you know maybe some one of your customers stole from you and it's just driving you nuts right like everything's tough everything's hard you have two choices in terms of how you respond to this kind of a situation you can either react as a victim you can say none of this was in my control I can't do anything or yeah I can't do I couldn't do anything about this you know I'm I'm a victim of my circumstances and my fate it's just this is awful I'm going to complain about this or you can choose to say, okay, this this happened, this isn't good, this is bad, okay? I don't like the way the situation is going, all these things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to. What can we do to fix it? This is on me. Whatever the the case may be, I could have done something to help mitigate this, to change the situation so that maybe the uh, employee that quit on you, maybe you ignored them and you didn't realize it. Maybe there's something that you were doing that you could have done that would have made them more satisfied or happy or content with their job that they wouldn't have quit they wouldn't have you know left all of a sudden or they at least would have given you a couple of weeks of notice or something like that what can you do and this is a a big point in the book extreme ownership by jocko willings excellent book by the way if uh anyone's listening and you want to read something you know thrilling and also very useful to your life extreme ownership you can't have meaning without responsibility, because otherwise, nothing matters. If, you, if you're just a victim and you pass off all responsibility and you just drift through the, the river of time and things bump into you and it's, you know, whatever happens, happens, how can you take any real sense of uh, control or command or achievement, which is actually the fifth element of well-being? You need to feel meaning. You, feel, you need to feel like the things that you were doing are meaningful, and if you want meaning in your life, you need to take responsibility for the good and the bad. That way, when bad things happen, you know you can fix them, and when good things happen, you can take, you can feel like you've achieved something. Which is, again, the fifth, fifth element is you need to feel like you have made progress towards your goals. The question might be, and this is something that we were kind of alluding to a little bit earlier, what are your goals? when you started the game business when you opened your store what was your goal was it just i want to open the store okay well goal accomplished you know you open the doors you've got some stock you got some customers that's great the problem is that doesn't stop there right once you achieve a goal there's always another goal to achieve and if you've never stated explicitly i want to achieve x you will never feel a sense of achievement because you've you know instead of a a goal post you just have a fog right there's no defined lines as to what it means to succeed or fail you just have this mist that you're constantly wading through and you have no idea what it means to win or lose how can you have a sense of achievement if there's no defined set that says i've i've made it or i didn't or i haven't made it yet even better as an outlook so what are your goals what are your goals right now? What do you want out of life? I guess that's, a, that's an even deeper question because it goes beyond your business. What do you want out of life? What are the kinds of things that you enjoy? And this is gonna lead me to another question that I wanna ask you, that uh, it's gonna take you a little while to go through, but you need to establish what it is you want and then have a measurable yardstick that you can say, I made it. You know, it could be, I want to hit this much revenue. In my business i want to open a sep- second location i want to i don't know run a uh, 200 person magic tournament like a PPTQ or something or i want to i want to be in line for a grand prix like who knows what your goals could be because it depends on how big you are at the moment and how big you want your business to be or it could be something not business related you could say i want a store i want a business i want to be able to step away I want it to run without me. I want to be able to walk away from my store for a couple of weeks, say, okay, Mr. Manager, Mrs. Manager, you're in charge, I'll see you later, and then come back without the building being on fire. Maybe that that's a great goal. If that's your goal, say it, articulate it, and then figure out a way to get there. Those are the five elements to well-being. And that's one of the components of of burnout, because burnout is essentially you are your well-being is not a top priority. It's not something that you're you're prioritizing. And, like, there are also a few other things, a few minor things, but that are a few minor maintenance things, all right? So if you don't want to feel burned out, you have to take care of yourself physically. And this is something that grinders, uh, tournament grinders, recommend all the time. You know, if you don't want to feel like you are exhausted and tired and uh, destroyed at the end of the day because you're you know, you're not feeling well, you're, uh, you're just putting so much in, but you're not getting as much out as you want, you need to take care of yourself physically. And that means you need to exercise. And this is a challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs. Because if you're putting in 10 to 12 to 14 to 16 crazy hours a day, whatever it takes to get your business going, you may not feel like you have a lot of time to hit the gym. But exercise, like we're physical beings, you need to do more than just sit or stand behind a desk for uh, extended portions of the day. You need to stress your body in a good way, and we're going to talk about uh, the difference between distress and eustress. So, there's two kinds of stress. One of them is good. One of them is bad. And while we're on the topic of of exercise, this is we're going to talk about the good one. The good kind of stress is called eustress. You may not have ever heard of that. I didn't the first time I encountered it, which wasn't too long ago. And it's uh, EU stress, so eustress, but that is the kind of stress that builds you up. So when you go to the gym, when you exercise, when you do some push-ups or, you, uh, you know, just do some air, some body weight squats, uh, any sort of physical labor, light physical labor, it actually makes you feel better. You have a, a physical boost, like you're, you're, uh, you won't feel as tired, you'll feel a little more energized, you know, it's good for your body. And over time, it'll make you stronger. It'll actually make you more than you are right now. You'll lose weight, you'll gain muscle, you'll be more efficient, you won't feel as exhausted over the course of the day from usual everyday stuff. Eustress is the kind of thing that you should seek out. It's the kind of stresses that, you know, um, there's a, a name for it. It's uh, optimal learning curve or something like that. But it's a range of, okay, if something's too easy, it, it bores you. If something's too hard, it's frustrating but there's a period in the middle, there's a range of level of activity that's perfect for optimal growth, for optimal learning. And that's where your eustress comes in. You're putting yourself in just a little bit of a difficult spot, just a little bit too much weight, right? When you hit the gym, you do some bench presses or whatever, you're just doing a little bit more weight than you're comfortable with for it to be too easy, right? You put nothing on the bar, it's no problem. Put 10,000 pounds on the bar, you're gonna kill yourself. So you gotta find that perfect spot for where you're at now distress is when it's not the opposite side of those of those ranges distress is where you take that optimal range and you just do it forever right so if you are feeling distressed if you're feeling stressed you're feeling distressed because what's happening is you're taking on the same job the same tiny problems and you're just repeating them over and over and over again and every time it's just wearing you out a little bit at a time. There's a reason why burnout usually takes, like it could take months, but it's not like any one day is necessarily the day that you've been burnt out, right? It's just a very gradual, wearing down, sandblasting of your spirit process. And then you one day you look back and you're like, I feel like I haven't been happy for months. What happened? That's burnout. So just to give you an idea before we move on, You might be experiencing burnout if you feel that every day at work is a bad day or you feel exhausted, you know, like most of the time, or you feel no joy or interest in your work anymore. Or perhaps, you know, if it's uh, really bad, you feel depressed by it. That could be an issue. Uh, Maybe you feel overwhelmed by your responsibilities. You feel you just can't handle things anymore. It's just too much. Uh, Maybe you engage in uh, escapist type of behaviors, you know, things like, uh, you go out and you drink excessively or you do drugs or, you know, all kinds of other issues. And uh, something that, just a really quick tangent on this one, it's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. Or Addiction is a reaction to pain. This is the idea. Excessive drinking, on its own, not a great thing, you know, detrimental to your health, all kinds of problems. But it's not because you want to go out and drink, necessarily. It's because you're using it as a way to escape your pain. Escape the problem by uh, self-medicating, right? Maybe you do you have less patience with others than you used to? You feel like you're, you're a short fuse. I uh, definitely had moments where in my life where I could tell my patience was wearing thin. And that was an indicator to me that I needed to step away. Whatever it happened to be, I needed to pull back from the situation, take a few deep breaths, do something I enjoyed, and then come back at it. That's a good indicator. If you feel like you're snapping, and you don't usually snap, you're probably getting burned out, and you need to do something about it before it gets worse. Uh, Maybe, this one's pretty pretty awful, do you feel hopeless about your life or your work? Hopeless. Uh, That's, it's not a good place to be. If you're feeling hopeless about life and work, you're probably deep into uh, the burnout stage and you're going to need some some serious time to pull yourself out of it. And finally, s- burnout can manifest uh, into physical symptoms, like real-life things like chest pain and shortness of breath, uh, sleeplessness, or even heart palpitations. Stress can kill you. Burnout can actually kill you. So take you know, like, take it seriously. Don't just push through it you know Like as an entrepreneur as a business owner that's that's kind of our, our motto right whatever it takes i'm gonna i'm gonna push through it and we're gonna man up and power up and we're gonna go through and just get it done but if you just keep pushing you're gonna end up in a body bag at some point it's gonna it's not worth the effort and it's actually better for you and your business if you take some time off and come back and feel fully energized like why you know, burnout's like being at 10% or less of your 100% maximum efficiency, uh, effective output capacity. If you're at 10% and you push through and you push it up to 12%, that's still virtually nothing compared to, I'm going to take a week off of, I'm going to take a 12% week off and that's going to get me back up to 50% or 60 or 70 or 80% or whatever it happens to be. That week off, Maybe enough. It may be a couple of weeks to get you back to 80, 90, 100%, maybe months. But it's still a better idea than gradually doing 10% and then killing yourself, going down to zero, right? To use a loose analogy of percentage points to describe your well-being. Sometimes, oh yeah, the, the little things. You need to exercise at least a little bit every day. You need to do, like, if you've got some time, like talking five minutes of time. Do some push-ups, do some jumping jacks, some some squats, uh, you know, do some skipping, like chances are there's a room, there's a back alley somewhere, there's some time and some place that you can just do some basic bodyweight stuff and just get your body moving. That will make you feel better, you'll feel more energized, and you'll just generally improve your outlook on life too while you're doing it because you feel like you're physically engaged. Eat. Don't forget to eat. This is something that uh, entrepreneurs are are well-known for. We do not take care of ourselves. We don't don't take care of our bodies. We don't take care of ourselves and do what we need to do to make sure we're okay. You need to eat food, good food, not just microwave burritos all the time. You need to eat real good food on a regular basis and you need to drink water. You need to get some sleep. You can't run a business. You can't run a life successfully for the long-term on four hours of sleep a night. You have to take care of yourself and those are all the basic physical fundamental things that you need to do to get your body to work properly. So that, I had to mention that because that's like a, an underlying thing that's, uh, you don't necessarily think of that when you're thinking, I'm emotionally burned out and I, I hate my job, I hate my life, I hate everybody. You don't think it's because the thing that I'm missing is more push-ups in my life. But you know what, you'd probably be wrong, probably be wrong, or at least it couldn't hurt you to do some push-ups. You feel like you've accomplished something. You feel like you're, maybe you start, you know, seeing some uh, uh, some gains in the mirror. You start thinking, eh, I look pretty good. That's not going to hurt your, your sense of burnout and well-being. It's going to improve the way that you look at life. Just those little things. Sometimes you have to say no to skip to the next part of, of uh, how to deal with burnout. Sometimes you have to say no. And this is hard. Hard for a lot of people. As, like as entrepreneurs, we chase shiny things quite a lot of the time somebody says hey I've got a new trick a new strategy that you can use that'll make things easier It'll, you'll find new customers you know, whatever we just like okay let's go do it let's try it out you have to say no to certain opportunities in order to say yes to the things that matter a lot of the time and like this is also the case uh, if you're an entrepreneur if you're owning a game business that has employees that has a manager potentially other than you uh, you know frontline retail employees they're going to need your time they're going to need your attention they're going to ask you questions not just your employees your customers are going to need are going to demand your time you know what gamers are i don't want to say we're needy but a certain subsection of the population would certainly qualify as needy so these are the kinds of people who come in stand by the counter and chat you up for an hour and a half about whatever you know like they're their favorite things. They're talking about their hobby, their games that they enjoy, the the D&D sessions that they've uh, had some crazy encounters with, you know, whatever. But the problem is, at some point, you have to get something done, right? You can't spend all day talking to your customers. You know, like, you have to do that some of the times. You do have to be able to have a conversation with them and connect with them, and that's not bad. But you can't let them dominate your time. Let's say that happens on a regular basis every day you spend an hour talking to one or two or three particular customers who are always there maybe they're not spending money maybe they are maybe they're spending some money but they're always taking up your time and you're always feeling like i have other work i need to do and i'm not getting it done because these people are occupying my time they're not they're not respecting your time it's extremely hard to say i you know like i it's great, I like you, but I need to go to the back room and I need to do some work on the computer. That's hard to do, but at some point you also need to do that. And it's, it's the same thing with your employees. They're going to need your help. You have to be there to help them. You have to be there to coach them. But there's also a time where you have to say, I trust you. I know you can do this. Go do it. Go do whatever you need to get done. And if you really need me, then come get me. But for now, I need to take care of myself. I need to say no to people dominating your time. Because if you don't, you will become resentful. Because even if you don't necessarily consciously choose to become resentful, you don't feel like, oh, this this person doesn't get it. When you don't act the way you know you should, if you choose a course to make someone else happy that you know, is not in your best interest. If you do that repeatedly, you will become resentful to that person for occupying your time, and not respecting the things that you want, even though you've not necessarily articulated it. If you feel like you gotta get some work done and someone is stopping you from doing it, you need to tell them that, you know, I really like you, I appreciate you, I thank you, you're a great customer, you're a great employee, whatever the case may be, you're not saying no to them, you're saying no to the task. You're saying, no, I'll have some time later to address this, but right now I really gotta get some important stuff done. I need to do whatever it is. But you need to be able to say no and that can be a challenge saying no is hard for most people most people are people pleasers it's hard to you want to say yes you want to say yes i can do that for you i can make you happy you know that's our goal especially as customer service and in retail specialty uh, businesses right you the customer's always right apparently i don't agree with that at all but that's the general impression that's what most people think when they think of retail the customer's always right and sometimes you have to say no you're wrong you have to stick to your guns because if you don't, you're just gonna feel like you're faking yourself and you're not, doing, you're not being true to who you are and what you want. And when that happens, you're just gonna get more and more frustrated with the way things are going and then it's gonna bleed into the rest of your life. An entrepreneur's work is never done. and unfinished work is always a burden on your soul and your future and your life. So if you always feel like I've got work I'm never getting my work done. I have a lot of things I need to get to and it's all unfinished. It's just, it's an additional weight on your mind, on your day, on your your personal outlook and how you feel, which is why it's so important to defend your time and make sure that you're getting what you need to get done, done. Celebrate small accomplishments or big accomplishments. And this is kind of in line with uh, achievement. Okay, you need to take the time say, you know what, guys, we had a great day today. Really liked that, that event went really smooth. Uh, you know, we had awesome sales today, you know, really appreciated that the way you handled that customer was excellent. You know, every once in a while, maybe not every day, maybe not every five minutes. But you do need to celebrate your accomplishments, not just yours, but your teams too. as a boss as an entrepreneur with employees, you know, you should be praising people, generally speaking, for the good things that they do. You want to show them that you appreciate them, that you like the fact that they're putting the effort in. That's a good job, that's a major motivator for a lot of people is praise, so you know you need to do that. Maybe you you might not realize that you need to do that for yourself, like actually say it out loud, I did a good job today, you know, I really liked, as silly as that may seem, you need to, you need to articulate. That you think you have done a good job, that you are proud of the things that you've done so far, and you're gonna go out and do even better things tomorrow. Celebrate your accomplishments. And okay, and this is the I think this is the last part that I want to close on. And this is a it's a tough one. This is gonna be a question that I want you to take away, and I want you to think about it for a while. And you know, write it down and and explore it, right? So the question is. What does your perfect average day look like? Right? And I've asked a couple of people this question before. And usually they, get, you know, I get some weird looks, like what do you mean by perfect average? That's kind of a weird way to put that, right? Okay, so the reason I'm not asking what your perfect day looks like is because not every day is gonna be perfect, okay? Your perfect day might be like, I travel to Mars and then I come back and I find a uh, million dollars in my bank account. And then, you know, like it could be just out, like crazy, right? Perfect, your perfect day, you know, it might be fun to think about, but the point is, what is your average day? What do you want your normal, everyday life to look like? And when I'm asking the question, I want you to really think about like every aspect of a day, right? So we start at the beginning, right? You wake up, how do you feel? Where are you? What does the room look like? You know, who's next to you, if that's the case? What do you want? Like, what do you do when you get up? Do you, you know, do you feel achy and creaky? Do you feel rested and relaxed? Uh, What do you do? Do you just get up, go brush your teeth, grab a cup of coffee? Uh, Do you do some exercise? Do you go for a walk? do you read for a little bit? Where do you read? you know what books do you read? Where do you exercise? Say your day starts getting to getting moving you know it's a little bit later. What time do you wake up? Another good point. What time do you wake up? What do you drive? Do you drive? Maybe you take transit? Maybe you take something else? Maybe you bike maybe you walk to work maybe you you're Your business is just down the street from your your house or your apartment or whatever it happens to be. What does your house look like? What does your family look like? How do they act? How do they behave? What kind of food do you eat? When you get to the business, when you get to the store, assuming you go to the store, do you go to the store? Maybe you don't. We're talking about a, a business that you run on your perfect average day. Maybe your perfect average day is I just call and say, "Hey, Mr. Mrs. Manager, how's it going? Things are going okay? Store open fine?" Okay, good. Let me know if you need any help. Boom. And then you have maybe something else you need to do. Something else that you want to do. Maybe maybe you say you go into the store. Maybe that's what you want. You're at the stage in your life where I want to be part of the business. I open the business because I like games. I want to be surrounded by games. I want to be in the business doing this thing. Okay, you go into your store. What does your store look like? What do your customers look like? You know, is it full? Is it packed? Is it, you know, is it uh, like a busy retail location where there's customers coming in and out all the time? Lots of sales, lots of people, lots of your shelves are packed with all kinds of, you know, uh, fun goodies. What what does your business look like? How much money do you make? That's a big one. What do you do with your money? You know like what do you do for lunch? Do you eat alone, standing at your desk? While you're hammering away at the the cash register? Do you have lunch with a friend? Maybe your family. Maybe you get to go home at lunch. All these things are things that you need to consider. Because you have an idea as to what you want. You may not know it, you may not have articulated it, but you have an idea you want something out of life, you want your life to look like something. If you take the time to articulate it, like this, this is a tough exercise, this could take you, uh, you know, a few hours really to like really think through what your perfect average day looks like, and then write it down. When you write something down, you are considerably more likely to make it a reality. If you write it down as a, I want to make this something that's real, I want to turn this into a real thing, you, the act of writing it down will put it into your subconscious. The physical act of writing it down. I'm not saying necessarily type this out on the computer. But it'll put put it into your subconscious, and then your subconscious will start to work on that as a solution. It'll try to figure out a way to make it real. You may find that in a few years, or a few months, or whatever the case may be, that your life will start to look like the thing that you wanted it to be. Because you realize, this is what I want. And once you orient orient yourself towards what you want and what you desire, then you can start making it happen. But if you don't orient yourself properly, you aren't aiming for the right target. If you catch my meaning. So to continue on, you know, uh, maybe you go home now. Maybe it's the end of the day. What do you have for dinner? You know, what do you do at night? What's the thing that you enjoy doing the most? Uh, What do you... Do you have dinner with your family? Do you go out with friends afterwards? Do you go see a movie? Maybe you play board games or card games or something like that. Maybe that's what you would like to do. You'd like to bring the actual gaming element back into your life in the fun, enjoyable way it used to be. If that's the case, what does that look like? Who, Who are you surrounded with? What games are you playing? What time do you fall asleep? What is your evening wind down routine look like you know do you uh maybe you exercise at night maybe you go for a walk with a dog in the forest or something or around town or whatever maybe maybe have a nice warm bath that's definitely something that uh, a lot of people enjoy you have a nice nice hot bath maybe you listen to some music Maybe you play something. Maybe you've got a guitar or, you know, you play an instrument or something like that. And you, you spend some time practicing your, your craft. You're getting better at something. Maybe you read. What do you read? What books do you read? Do you read, you know, nonfiction? Do you read something about how to make your business better? Do you read fiction books? Do you read fantasy, sci-fi, mystery, whatever? What is your go-to in that situation? What do you want? What do you want to learn? What do you want to? What do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? What is you? What do you want your average, perfect average day to look like? And I think if you can answer that question, you can articulate what it is you want your life to be. It'll hard to be, it'll be hard to feel burned out. If your reality is your perfect average day. Whatever your day looks like now, and the distance between your perfect average day. That is the level of, I don't wanna say resentment, but that's the obstacle. That's the, this is the challenge that you have. The difference between what you want your life to look like and what it is, is the, the, uh, the amount of your discontent. This is how unhappy you are. The more that you can line these two up so that your life looks exactly like you want it to look like, as close as you can, you know, physically get it, it's never gonna be perfect perfect, but you can certainly get it close, that's absolutely achievable, and as long as you believe that it's not, you're never going to be able to get there, that's another big part of it, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, what does my perfect average day look like, it looks like this, but, you know, it's impossible for me to get to my perfect average day, so what's the point, you know, if that's your mindset, you're never gonna get there. You're always going to feel disappointed with your life, with what you've got, because you'll never be happy with it, because you'll always want something else, you always want more, and you'll feel like you can never reach it. That, that's just the height of misery, right? To feel like you want something, but it's impossible. But if you don't believe it's impossible, if you change your mind, it's absolutely something you can do. There's no reason why you can't achieve your perfect day, perfect average day, There's no reason why you can't get to the point where your day looks exactly like you want it to 90% of the way there. Maybe some small things, some deviations. Obviously, every day is not going to be on repeat. It's not going to be Groundhog Day. So there are going to be some some curveballs thrown at you. Part of your perfect average day is how do you handle those curveballs? How do you handle the obstacles that life throws at you? And I I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I want to leave you with that question, okay? So take some time. Think about it. I would love to hear your feedback on this episode, and if you have any suggestions for future topics on the show, I would be happy to entertain them and explore some of the things that you want to know most. So uh, feel free, uh, I invite you even, to email me, tom at manaversaga.com. You can go to the website, you can contact me there, you can uh, you know, find me on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Send me a shout-out, and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any ideas that you want me to, to take a look at. Uh, just come say hi I'd be happy to chit chat for a little bit I'm always pleased to uh, talk to a listener of the show so feel free to, to reach out and say hi if you want some more episodes of the Maniverse podcast we got some more coming down the pipe I've got uh, a couple recorded already and uh, we're going to be doing some some new interesting things in the very near future so keep an eye out for that and uh you can find all those episodes plus uh, some older ones in the vault over at manaversesaga.com. be sure to check that out and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for some new content coming out in the near future and I have been your host it's been a pleasure as always I really appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to listen to me to uh, be a listener a subscriber all that great stuff I will Talk to you in the next episode of the Maniverse podcast.